Maybe you have to do different things in English at work. Maybe it's answering the telephone. Maybe it's going to a meeting. But maybe you've thought, oh, I just wish I had like, you know, a little line that I knew was natural and mistake free. And I could say it easily in those type of quick interactions in English. Well, today I've compiled and come up with a list of what I'm calling business one-liners to help you out with those little quick interactions with English, like picking up the phone or saying you can't come to a meeting or asking for some help. And I've tried to include natural, but also advanced vocabulary as well to start to try and broaden what you're saying and vary uh, vary it a little bit as well. So if you can learn some of these phrases, it's going to help you in these day-to-day interactions in English. But before we get into that, let's have some nice samba music, please. Welcome to Anna Wichuen's English Podcast. I'm Anna and I'm a business English coach based in Madrid and I'm specialized in teaching English to Spanish professionals. In this podcast, I give you my guidance, advice and lots of practical tips to help you feel more confident speaking English at work. And if you want to put a face to the name, which means find out who I am, the best place to find me is on Instagram. I also share even more of my content there and you can find me at Anna2Ns English. Now, before I move on, I just want to give a big shout out to DWAS2114. The the usernames on Apple Podcasts are super weird. You left me a lovely review. You said best English podcast voice. Oh, I'm very flattered. I didn't find it in other learning English podcasts. Thanks, Anna. Oh no, sorry. Really, there is value in this podcast. I didn't find it in other learning English podcasts. Thanks, Anna. No, thank you for your review. And I really try to give something that's a little bit different. There are lots of other podcasts and business English podcasts as well. But really what I want to focus on, as I said in the intro, is giving you practical things that you can actually go away and and use. So that's my goal, and I'm really happy that you found um, DWAS2114, that you're finding it helpful. And if you love the podcast, you love listening to it, and you want to know how you can help me and support me, leaving a review is perfect because it lets people know that you love the podcast and it helps get it out there. So if you want to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you could also do it or a comment or a like on whatever platform you're using, I would be extremely grateful. And thank you again for your wonderful review. Now let's get to it. As I said, I've compiled a list of business one-liners, which is which is what I'm calling them, to help you out in a variety of different situations. And I'm really trying to get into these like quick interactions, you know, like picking up the phone, interrupting somebody, etc. I know that people ask me about this, My students ask me about it and I know what it's like because I'm learning a language and I, you know, you want to have those little things that you can say in different contexts. 
Now, one of the ways that you can learn this is by hearing other people using them. It's a great way. It's like copying basically what other people are saying. So this is basically what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you what I would say and you can copy me. I mean, easy, right? It doesn't have to be. We're not reinventing the wheel. I think one thing I really would stress is that sometimes people are really obsessed with like, I need to know more, like more vocabulary, more advanced. And it's true that when you get to a more advanced level, having a richer vocabulary or a more natural vocabulary can can really help you. But also it's like stick to the stuff that works and use it and repeat it. So I've tried to include some different phrases to some old classics, some kind of newer alternatives that you can use here. But don't be afraid to just like repeat. If it works, like it's fine. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's a nice expression in English, like start from scratch. You just use the stuff that works. So let's go from the top to the bottom of our list here. Let's run through this list. Um, I've got a few on here, so I'm just going to give you the situation and I'm going to give you the piece of vocabulary that I would use and any highlights or things that I want to touch on as well. If you want to grab a pen and a piece of paper, get it now and you can take a note as we are going along. So number one on my list, and this is something that I've been doing with my students, actually, I don't know how it came up, but imagine that you've forgotten something. Maybe you forgot to call the client, maybe you forgot to send the email, whatever. You could say, I'm really sorry, I forgot. Or you could say, oh, I'm really sorry. It completely slipped my mind. It completely slipped my mind. And this is kind of similar to that Spanish structure where it's like, oh, se me ha olvidado. Like, oh, it's not my fault. <laughs> it happened to me. It wasn't actually me that forgot. But that, by the way, that structure for an English speaker is like really weird. Um, it's like something I was forgotten from me. It's really strange. So, but actually this is kind of along the same lines. It completely slipped my mind. I'm really sorry. And I would actually put that completely in there because it kind of emphasizes the fact that you're really sorry. And you know, it was, oh, I'm really sorry. It completely slipped my mind. Next one. What about when you want somebody to keep you informed? say keep me informed you could say keep me updated but what about keep me up to speed okay great perfect keep me up to speed let me know how it's going I never hear anybody using this phrase keep me up to speed as in I never hear any students using it it's a very natural phrase to use but I never hear anyone using it keep me up to speed or keep me up to speed on the on the project let me know how it's going Next, when you want to contact someone again or someone is going to contact you again, you could just say, for example, I'll contact you again tomorrow. I'll contact you ASAP. The client's going to contact me again tomorrow. But the most natural thing that you want to be using here is to get back to someone. It is used all over the place. It's supernatural. And if you don't use this phrase already in a work context, and I really suggest that you try to start introducing it. I'll get back to you tomorrow. Ah, the client's getting back to me later because they need to find some more information. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. 
I'm really sorry, I don't have the information right now, but can I get back to you in 10 minutes? So to get back to someone, meaning to contact someone again, is like the go-to, okay? I'll get back to you as soon as I can, for example. Next, what about a polite question to ask somebody to do something for you? Because let's be honest, at work we can't do anything or can't do everything ourselves. Sometimes we need some help. And I've talked about this question before and I'm actually practicing it with a group that I'm with at the moment. And it was a hit. They're like, oh, I really like this one because it's something different. I don't hear anybody using it, but it sounds great. I don't suppose you could send me the document, could you? This is uber polite, really polite. Oh, I'm really sorry. I don't suppose you could copy me in on that email, could you? I don't suppose you could do something, could you? And you want to get that little question tag in there. I don't suppose you could send over the invoice, could you? It's a really polite question and it's almost for those situations or it's best suited in those situations where the other person really has to kind of go out of their way. By go out of their way, I mean they have to make an effort to do something for you. They're doing you a favor. I don't suppose you could, could you? Nice little polite question that you could ask as an alternative to would you mind doing something or could you do something? You know those ones already, right? This is, again, like I was saying before, a way to kind of broaden your vocabulary a little bit, but something that's really, really useful and that you can use again and again and again. Next one. When you want to briefly catch up... Oh, I just told you what it was. (laughs) When you want to briefly chat with somebody, you can say, let's catch up or let's have a catch up. Catch up is one of the probably the most overused terms at work. We're always saying... Let's have a catch-up. We need to catch up. Should we catch up tomorrow? So we can either say to catch up or we can use it as the noun, a catch-up. Both of them are kind of common, but I'd actually say probably the noun form, like let's have a catch-up or shall we have a catch-up is probably more common, I think. I feel like that would be something I'm more likely to say. So if you want to have a brief meeting, remember catch-up is brief. I had a student the other day that told me he had a meeting for eight hours. I was like, what? So that's not a catch-up. That's like, I don't know what that is, but it's not a catch-up. A catch-up is something brief. You know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It's frequent. Maybe it's once a week or maybe it's every two weeks. I don't know. Remember that in English, you can say bi-weekly. Like, like say, for example, you can have a bi-weekly catch-up. Be careful with bi-weekly because bi-weekly can either mean twice a week or once every two weeks. So just be careful with that one, bi-weekly. So let's have a catch-up. Okay, what about when you're at a, at a meeting, you're leading a meeting and you want to get started? Okay, you want to, you've finished the small talk. Okay, hi everyone, how was the weather? Oh, terrible, yes, COVID. Okay, yes. So now you want to get on to the important things. So I would always say something like this. Right, let's get started. And if you notice when I'm doing my podcast, I I say right a lot. You know, it's like bueno in Spanish. Like I say it a lot as like a way to move on to a new point when I'm speaking. 
Right, let's get started. And that's really good because it's a nice line that just defines, okay, we've we've finished the small talk, the small talk is over and now we're getting on to the next part of the meeting. And if you don't feel very confident with meetings in English, this is a really good one to try and practice. You know, it's step by step and maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, oof, but I, don't, I really don't know if I could actually say these in real life. I completely understand you and I get it. But the only way that you're going to make progress is to try and to keep trying. So one thing that I do with Spanish, for example, is when I've learned something new, like a piece of vocabulary, the important thing is to like try and actually use it as soon as possible. Otherwise, maybe it's something that you're going to recognize, but maybe it's not something that you're going to use. So with these phrases, try and pick a couple that are most relevant to you and start to implement them. I get messages from people, I love these ones, where they're like, oh yeah, I learned something on your podcast, Anna, and then I I used it at work, it was great. I'm like, perfect, that's exactly what this podcast is for. So pick a couple that are most relevant for you and go out there and start to try and use them. And as I said, meetings can be a little bit difficult when you're not in your own language. And, you know, so having a phrase like that, right, let's get started. It makes you feel confident. You know, you've moved on to the next phase of the meeting. So I would also recommend that more people use right um, rather than okay. It's an alternative. It's it, I think it's pretty British English, to be honest, but I use it a lot if you haven't noticed already. Um, okay, next. What about when you have a piece of work and you're not really that bothered about the deadline? You know, it's not super important. You're like, look, I've got other priorities at the moment. Um, you can say, no worries. Get it to me whenever you can. No worries is like a very casual, colloquial way to say don't worry. It's pretty normal, pretty standard business English, I would say. No worries. Get it to me whenever you can. Whenever you can. No problem. But what about if it is urgent and you're like, okay, I really need it. Then I would use a version of get it to me, but I would say, please get it to me as soon as you can. It's really urgent. Or, well, get it to me as soon as you possibly can, please. As soon as you possibly can. Also, be careful of the pronunciation of urgent. It's not ur. Okay, which is like a, an automatic thing. If you're a Spanish speaker, you're going to think ur. But it's ur, urgent. The schwa sound, urgent. Okay, I like this one. Um, When you're... Maybe it's in a meeting or you're checking things with different people and you somebody asks you, okay, Anna, is it everything's good with you or does this look okay, this piece of work or whatever you're doing? You can say, yeah, fine by me. Fine by me. It's just basically another way to say, yeah, it's okay, no problem. Fine by me. You're approving it. You're giving it your approval, not necessarily official, you know, necessarily signing anything, but you're just saying, yeah, fine by me. Sounds good. Let's go. Next, what about when you want somebody, this is quite common in communications, you want somebody to copy you in the email. Oh, well, we all know those emails that we get that have got like 500 people in them, awful. Um, but, you know, there are some other emails that are important. You can just say, copy me in, please. I don't suppose you could copy me in, could you? Again, coming back to that question that I said before. Next, what about when you can't go to a meeting or event? I mean, obviously you could say, I'm really sorry, but I can't come. I can't go. 
Another really common one, which I don't hear people using is I can't make it. I'm really sorry. I can't make it. I'm double booked, which means that I've got two meetings at the same time. I've already got a meeting. I'm out of the office. I'm actually having a day off. It's a bank holiday. I can't make it. I'm really sorry. Normally we would do that when we're talking about a meeting or also with events. So to not be able to make something is another way to say that you can't go. When you answer the phone, this is another really common interaction that we have a lot. Um, answer it and you can say, hello, Anna speaking. Okay, obviously you're not going to say Anna because that would be kind of weird, but unless your name is Anna, obviously. Um, but hello and whatever. Hello, John speaking. Hello, Anna speaking. Hello, Maria speaking. It is like a universal way to pick up the phone. It's never going to fail you. It sounds neutral. It doesn't sound rude. It doesn't sound overly polite. And you don't even need to say, hello, Anna speaking. How may I help you? Like you could just say, hello, Anna speaking. If you wanted to make it a little bit more specific, you could say, hello, Anna speaking from Anna with two N's Corporation, for example, if you want to put your company name or that's not a company name, by the way, I, I was making that up, but, um, or you could say, hello, um, Anna speaking from the finance department. So you can kind of tailor it a little bit, but it is a universal way to answer the phone. But next, what about when you put down the phone? Cause it's a little bit, I don't know. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it more awkward to put down the phone rather than to pick it up in like a professional context. So, you know, sort of like, okay, um, yeah, okay, gracias, <laughs> Like, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more difficult. So I would just say something like, okay, see you soon, or speak soon, speak soon. Or, okay, thanks, bye. Okay, thanks, bye. Or, okay, speak soon. Or, okay, see you later. Okay, maybe not like that, because it sounds like I'm a little bit like a robot. I'm like, okay, see you later. Um, okay, see you later, bye. So I'm trying to I'm trying to do it as if I'm on the phone. So I would say like, okay, see you later, bye. Okay, see you later, bye. Okay, thanks, bye. So those are some different ways. Now be careful when you say, okay, see you, because you have to have something after that. Okay, see you later. Okay, see you next week. Okay, see you in the next meeting. Not okay, see you. Got to have something after that. Let's do a couple more to finish off. What about when you want to quickly ask somebody something, maybe it's face-to-face -face or you're in a meeting and you just want to have a couple of minutes with them at the end of the meeting to ask them something or whatever. You could say this. Have you got a minute to talk about... Oh, have you got a minute to talk about the, the podcast project? Have you got a minute to talk about the meeting tomorrow? Have you got a minute to sit down and discuss you know, what's the plan for, for next week. Also be really careful with planning. A lot of people say planification. This came up today in one of my sessions. A lot of people say planificación. They're thinking in, they're thinking with your Spanish vocabulary. It's planning, not planification. Okay. That's important because it sounds, I mean, I can more or less guess what you're saying, but it sounds strange. Planning. Finalizing a meeting with somebody, you could say, okay, let's, let's get a date in the diary. Let's put a date in the diary. Or, okay, let's pencil that in. 
To pencil something in is to write it in to organize a meeting. When you want to interrupt somebody, I'm really sorry to stop you there, but I love that one. That's one of my favorites. But what about when a meeting is taking too long and you need to cut people off? Well, you can say, I'm really sorry, but I'm very conscious of time. Can we talk about this outside the meeting or can we move on or can we talk about this another time? We love this. Like, I'm really conscious of time. It's basically like a polite way to say, you're taking too long and we need to move on. (laughs) But no, British people are very conscious of the time. Oh, so conscious. What about when you want somebody to do things? Again, you could say, I don't suppose you could send me the document, could you? But you could also say, it would be great if you could just pass me over that, that budget and I can take a look at it. It would be great if you could. Maybe the last one I'm going to finish off with here is about being late and apologies. So if you know that you're going to be late to a meeting, you can say, I'm running late. I'm really sorry, but I'm running late. Okay, I'm running late today. And we normally use this in, well, we use it in the continuous tenses. I'm running late. I'm really sorry. I was running late. I had the X, Y, and Z to do. And the last one, maybe this is kind of an excuse or a one-liner that you could use, but imagine that you're late to a meeting because you got stuck in another meeting. You could say, I'm really sorry, I was stuck in another meeting. Or I'm really sorry, I was I was caught up in another meeting and it was overrunning. Okay, for a meeting to overrun means it lasts longer than it should or than it was supposed to. Well, I'm really sorry I was in a meeting and it overran by half an hour. My apologies. My apologies, not my apologize. Again, that's a common thing to distinguish between the verb apologize and also apologies. My apologies that I am late. Okay, now let's move on. Just before we finish, I want to do a little bonus structure, which is what I did last week. And I'd really like to share some more of these with you at the end of the podcast episode. Now, last week I was talking about to have an impact on something. And this is a structure that is used to say impactar en algo, but nobody really uses it. I don't hear anybody using it. It's really natural, but I don't hear anybody using it. So the one that I'd like to talk to you about today is whereas, which is mientras que. This is very, very common for um, for people to use, but I really don't hear any students using it. So whereas is a way to compa- compare facts and ideas. I hear a lot of people talking about however, on the other hand, which are great, super useful, but I don't hear people using whereas. So let me give you some examples. Working in a big company is very rewarding, whereas working in a small company can be stressful, as a very basic example, okay? Not true in all cases. Living in the city, there's a lot of pollution, whereas living in the countryside, you're much closer to nature. So try, when you're comparing, to try and incorporate whereas. And whereas is one word, okay? It's not where and then as, it's altogether whereas. So that is my little bonus tip and structure for this week. 
So I hope you enjoyed all those phrases and I hope you got them all down. Uh, remember that you can find me on Instagram at Anna2EndsEnglish. And if you want to get even more exclusive content from the podcast, little extras, then make sure that you sign up to my newsletter. You'll also be the first to hear about any of my new offers or courses that I'll be bringing out in the near future. I'll leave the details in the description box for how you can sign up there. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you again very, very soon. Bye-bye.